Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I didn't feel a sense of peace and assurance until I learned how to establish it in Christ. Women are bombarded with narratives about how they should look, behave, and live. Relentless and opposing expectations for 24-7 from social media feeds, entertainment, and peer groups. No woman could possibly meet all these shifting expectations, yet many pour endless hours and energy into the pursuit. And eventually insecurity sets in as she questions everything about herself including her own worth. Today, we're joined by Amanda Pittman. She's the author of Standing Confidence, From Sinking in Insecurity to Rising in Your God-Given Identity. She has spent her whole adult life confronting our culture's epidemic of insecurity and self-doubt. But in her new book, she unpacks her own journey towards self-confidence rooted in Christ. And today, she's going to offer us some concrete tools on how we can move forward into wholeness, confidence, and God-given purpose. We're joined today by Amanda Pittman. Not only is she an author, she's also the founder of the Confident Women Co. Tell us a little bit about that and where all of this started. Yeah, so I currently lead a ministry called Confident Woman Co., which equips women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. And I absolutely love it. Uh, What we do is we host uh, things like retreats, conferences. Uh, We also have an online community that does Bible studies, prayers, challenges. It's a blast. And um, it all started because uh, I I had a program back in 2018 and um, I titled it the Confident Woman Mentorship Program. And I didn't think much would come of it. And then that same year, I felt the Lord leading me to do an online conference. So I just kept in the same vein, titled it the confident woman online conference. And then after that, he led me to do a retreat and I started to see a theme. And so with that, I thought to myself, let me nurture this community and give them ongoing, consistent support as opposed to having these, you know, one-off events. And um, it, I never envisioned this for my life. I never envisioned doing this. I always thought I was going to be a professional musician, um, play the flute. And, um, I went to school for that, but whenever I rededicated my life to the Lord, um, one of the m- most, um, evident things that he did in my life was teach me how to establish my confidence in him. And, um, I realized that that's what I started to help other women do, So it really has become more of a life mission uh, from a place of experience and burden. And I praise God for that. It's very interesting. You mentioned confidence over and over and over again. Um, But that wasn't always there for you. That confidence wasn't something that you started off with. It's something that you had to build. Yes. And that's where the burden comes from, because I remember what it felt like to feel insecure in so many areas of my life. Uh, I even was scrolling back on my old Facebook statuses and there was one from 2011 that I landed on and it said, I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything in my life. And whenever I saw that, it really rocked my world because I was there over a decade later leading a ministry called Confident Woman Co. And I knew that these insecurities came from a place of misplaced identity. I tried to find my worth, significance, value, identity in uh, maybe it was my looks or my performance in flute, or maybe it was my relationships, um, achievement, 
or what have you. And the more I tried to find a sense of confidence and significance and value in these areas, the more insecure I felt. I didn't feel a sense of peace and assurance until I learned how to establish it in Christ. And so I think that being a pain point for such a long period in my life and feeling like, man, I'm saved, but there is not this transfer of everyday confidence. That was a huge pain point in my life. And having found this established confidence in Christ and it be genuine, I really feel like a, a moral obligation to help other women uh, establish that too, because it was uh, it really has changed my life. Does it look the same for all women then, or does everybody struggle in their own ways, I guess? Hey, I believe that we all have different insecurities that the enemy would try to uh, get to us with. Uh, because there's a, a shifting standard everywhere for what a woman is supposed to be. And then within the church, there's a shifting standard for what a godly woman is supposed to be. However, whenever you establish your confidence in Christ, even though that may appear differently from woman to woman, you'll every woman will have the same four things. And it's what I call the four components of confidence. So she'll have clarity. This is she knows her identity in Christ. She knows who she is. And she's defined her God-given design. So she doesn't feel uh, like she has to be anyone else. So she's going to have clarity. She's also going to have connection. This is a deep-seated connection with God where she can hear his voice and be led by him. And then uh, a deep connection with others that he's chosen for her. Um, because the right relationships are will cultivate your confidence. Um, but the wrong relationships can actually destroy it. Um, so she'll have clarity connection and she'll have competency and, and what kind of competency she could have competency in um, any specific area, like an ability or skill that can grow her confidence. But in particular, the one competency that will affect everything is her ability to bring her pains to God and process those pains and hurts with him and also the ability to renew her mind. Um, and so she's going to have competency. And then finally, there will be conviction a deep-seated conviction that will override her insecurities and override her fears when they arise. Because it's not that insecurities, like the book is not, everything that I teach about is not about never experiencing fear or never experiencing insecurity. That's not possible. But I believe that we need to have a, an, a conviction that's greater than our fears to help us face our fears and a conviction that's greater than our insecurities to help us override our insecurities. And so um, even though it will look different from woman to woman, a deep-seated confidence in Christ will look like clarity, connection, competency, and conviction in Christ. You write about all of this in your book, Stand in Confidence. Why did you decide to take what you've learned in your own life and now put this into a book for other women? Like you've mentioned, you want to help them, but why? Why put it into a book? There is a sense of responsibility, I feel. When you find the answer that you've been looking for, it's not something that you want to keep to yourself. And I know so many women that I've personally mentored, personally counseled, that these same concepts absolutely changed their lives. And because I've seen that in my own life, and because I've seen that in the lives of those whom I care about and whom I've personally led, 
I think to myself, it would be irresponsible for me to not share something that is such a game changer Um, and something that I know is tested and proven. And I've seen time and time and time again. And that's where my personal conviction comes from. Um, I believe conviction comes from seeing change in the lives of others many times. Um, Because then it's not about yourself and fulfilling your own needs, but it's about, I have an obligation to others. And so having seen it change my life, but also change many other women's lives, I just think to myself, this needs to reach more people um, because it, it does change lives. You talked about earlier uh, relationships uh, being mm-hmm. important in walking in confidence or, or suffering with insecurities. Um, you mentioned in your book about high school and how you bought mm-hmm. into that false narrative of love during your high school years. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell us about how you walked away from that false narrative? Yes. So I used to believe that my own love my own acceptance was based on how impressive or worthy I was and that love was transactional. And this happened um, after I got into a series of relationships in high school, but there was one in particular that just destroyed my self image. And um, one of the reasons why it did destroy my self image was because so much of the relationship was centered around how I can contort myself to be someone else's ideal. And, um, I did, it led me to even compromise so many of my values and convictions for another person. And, um, it, it destroyed me in, in so many ways. And whenever I, um, rededicated my life to Christ and I ended that relationship and it, it only came from one, having courage, and two, um, being led by the Lord. Um, whenever I ended that relationship, afterwards I got into a relationship with my now husband, Michael, and he totally renewed my view of love because whenever I was in that previous relationship, it tainted my view of myself, it tainted my view of others, and it tainted my view of God. And all of that tainted my view of what love meant. And so uh, whenever I would ask um, Michael, my now husband, whenever we first started dating, I would ask, why do you love me? And of course, I'm thinking he's going to say, I love you because you're just not like the other girls. You're just so special. You're so different. You know, whatever. I'm just fishing for a compliment. (laughs) And um, he didn't say that. He said, I love you because I choose to. And whenever I heard that at first, it ruffled my feathers a little bit. I'm like, am I really that hard to love (laughs) that you'd have to choose to love me? And I didn't appreciate it, (laughs) (laughs) but I did appreciate it when I wasn't so lovable. When I I go through changes, I, I go through pregnancy twice and my appearance changes and I cut off all my hair and times where I wasn't as loving, I wasn't as patient. I really appreciated it then. And what it did is it renewed my mind about what God's love is. God's love is not dependent on how amazing or perfect or performative I can be, but his love is dependent on his character, his nature, and his commitment. And that 
love actually brings me so much security and assurance because it's a love that's not revocable based on my actions. And it's something I can't earn, but it's also something I can't lose. And so in that, it gives me a deep seated assurance that leads to confidence. Um, and so, yes, that, that renewed view of a love is what set the foundation for my identity in Christ. How did you move though? Like, how did you change that mindset from insecurity to God-given identity? It seems so simple, but really when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's not, yes. it, it's something that will take some time. Yes. So a, a big piece of it was letting his love be the foundation for my confidence, um, God's love. That was a huge piece of it. Um, the other huge piece of it was understanding what identity is. Um, for such a long time, I had this belief that my identity was something that just needed to be discovered, that if I could search deep within the crevices of my soul, I would finally discover who I truly am. And the further along I grew in my faith, I found that identity isn't something that you discover. Identity is something that you receive and stand in. And so our identity, when we're made new in Christ, our identity is already written in scripture. The Bible says that um, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We're born again. And whenever we're born again, we're given a new identity. So we no longer have to identify with the sin of our past, but we can identify with God's sacrifice in, in the blood of Jesus that's that purifies us and gives us his righteousness. So we no longer have to identify as sinners, but we can now identify as saints. And so I, I realized that um, over just reading scripture and, and seeing um, how God identifies us. His scripture even says in um, Ephesians 2 that we are God's masterpiece and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good works that he planned for us long ago. And so it even tells us that we're made new in Christ. We belong to him. We are his children. We are saints. We are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. And he already has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And so rather than consistently searching, it gave me an anchor to stand in. And um, I think the biggest mindset shift I needed to have in order to have that confidence and in, in my God-given identity was learning that I am, I'm already identified by him and I don't have to go searching. It's already here. So now I receive it, accept it and stand in it. So this is a spiritual work. It's a spiritual practice. The church should be the easiest place for this transformation to take place. Is it, or does the church maybe contribute to uh, especially women's insecurities at times? Do you think? I do believe that the church is the place to find this transformation in, in my life. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do it without church and community and scripture. I wouldn't have been able to do it in prayer. You know, like it, it takes God's presence and his guidance. The church does, however, contribute to these insecurities by giving us so many varying standards for what a godly woman is supposed to be. If you look in one church context, like maybe you look at a, a Pentecostal church, 
They will say a godly woman is someone who wears a jean skirt down to her ankles and wears no makeup. And then you go to another church who is uh, really, really uh, big proponents of marriage. And they'll tell you a godly woman is someone who's married by 23 and has six kids. And you're not a, a godly woman if you don't have that. You're not blessed by God if you don't have that. And so the shifting standard, even between denominations and even between people and ideologies, will give women this this um, this belief that there is no way to measure up, even within the church. Because we're always told that in society and culture, you know, only if you have this waist to hip ratio, only if you're wearing these clothes, are you worthy? But then you go into the church and and there's so many shifting standards for what a godly woman is supposed to be. And I believe the best way for the church to help women establish their identity in Christ is to make Jesus the ultimate standard. Because the the standard for what a woman is supposed to be shifts from culture to culture. It shifts from generation to generation. It's, It's very much so cultural. However, the one standard that will never change is the sacrifice of Jesus. His standard was perfection. God's standard is and always will be perfection. And that cannot be met with our action or inaction. It cannot be met with our perfection or performance. It can only be met by faith in Christ Jesus. And so I think the more that we preach that he is the ultimate sacrifice and the more that we preach that he is our identifier, the more confident women would be. Going back to your relationship with your husband, you and your now husband, you guys talked about your relationship on YouTube. You gained a huge following, and this eventually led to the ministry that you have. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So actually, it was the stories that I heard from my followers that really encouraged me to keep going because I used to think that, oh, nobody would care what I have to say, you know. So we started from a place of burden, you know, much like how I have this strong burden to to lead in the way I do now, it it started that way because we wanted to date God's way and we didn't see examples of that around us. So we searched around us to find another couple who could mentor us and be an example. And even the people that we would, you know, try to go out to lunch with, they got divorced or, you know, they didn't experience the, the great amount of love that we're experiencing. And, and so it felt lonely in that sense. So we thought to ourselves, if we are feeling lonely in this, we can't be the only ones. There has to be, there has to be other people who, who feel this way and and want an example. So we thought to ourselves, Hey, if we can't find our needs to be met, at least we'll meet someone else's need. And so we thought to ourselves, well, let's just share our journey on YouTube. Let's just share how we're navigating this. And, um, in that, it helped so many people. And I started to hear feedback like, I, I really needed to hear this. Thank you so much for being an example. And one of the um, one of my favorite videos that we um, posted back in the day, it, it said uh, it was the title of it was Purity Takes a Savior. And one of the things that we found was whenever we tried to perform our way into purity, like, you know, there's this rule, there's that rule, there's this rule, there's that rule. And, uh, you know, only kiss on the cheek or whatever it may be like that, that did not change our hearts. And we just still desired 
sin more than we desired holiness. But what we found was the deeper our relationship with God grew and the more our love for God grew, the less we wanted to break God's heart. Uh, And yeah. yeah. And (laughs) so I think having that mental shift really, I, I believe was the foundation for even the ministry that it grew into, because I found that the more I would strive and and create these rules and regulations for who I'm supposed to be, the more insecure I would feel. But whenever I placed my hope and faith in my savior and my relationship with him grew, it made everything else so much smoother. And so I think from there, um, I, I just started to see a theme of the women that I would reach. And and it was men and women in the beginning, but of course the, the women more so flocked toward me. And so my husband um, encouraged me to share some more on Instagram and write a blog. And I didn't believe anybody would care, but once I saw that it really made a difference, um, that's, you know, it, it encouraged me to keep going. Before we let you go, talk about some of the, what are the confidence drainers uh, mm-hmm. that sink us into insecurity and how can we avoid those then what resources do you do you know of that we can use so one of the things i used to tell people before i found this deep-seated confidence in christ was it felt like my soul and my heart was a bucket and no matter how much love and validation and significance and good things were were poured into it there were holes at the bottom of the bucket And so it would inevitably seep out. Those are confidence trainers. And the biggest confidence trainers that I experienced in my life and many I've seen in the lives of many other women are two things, unhealed wounds and uh, a need for a spiritual deliverance in some shape or form. So unhealed wounds can look like, um, man, you had a trauma of the past and that trauma sent messengers to your mind that shaped a narrative about the way that the world works. And it's those messages that those painful events sent that truly are breaking your heart more than the event itself. And so what we need to do is come to God to heal those places. And I I read a book uh, a few years ago called um, emotional healing in three easy steps. And somebody brought me the book and, um, I felt like it had a gimmicky title. I'm like, oh, three easy steps, whatever, you know? And I read the book and it was so revolutionary to me on how you can process your pain with God and actually leave feeling lighter. Um, And so I would recommend that resource. I would also also recommend um, looking up an emotions wheel. And um, what that will do is while you're processing your pain with God, it will allow you to actually put a name to the the pain that you're feeling and you can ask God what the truth of the situation is and ask him to replace that pain with something better. And so um, that's something that I talk about in my book and um, I'm a big proponent of. And then uh, uh, spiritual deliverance, uh, spiritual deliverance very simply yeah. is just confrontation with the enemy and the enemy we'll get into these traumatic moments in our lives. And he's the one who sends these messages. And so deliverance very practically looks like renewing your mind with the truth of God's word so that 
that these other spiritual forces are not what's controlling your life. And so um, for me, it was getting rid of the fear of man. The fear of man was something I needed to be delivered from in my life. Um, And so this looked like always being concerned with other people's opinions and thoughts of me and letting other people's uh, words and ideologies dictate my life rather than walking in freedom to just follow in whichever way that the God, that God was leading me in. And so um, finding healing and deliverance in Christ, I believe is what will seal the holes at the bottom of our buckets so that we can receive, retain and multiply the good that God sends our way. How can our listeners start this journey to stand in confidence and to find their God-given identity? How can they find out about your book, find out more about you, and even find out about your podcast? Because you've also got one of those as well. (laughs) Yes. So the first thing I would say is open up the Bible and read it. Open, if you do nothing else, open up the Bible, go to Ephesians 1, read Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and 4, and see what God says about you. That would be my first call to action. Um, my next one would be go to amandaapittman.com slash quiz. <clears throat> I have a quiz called the confidence quiz. And in that quiz, you'll go through maybe like four to five minutes of questions. And after that, it will give you a picture, a snapshot of which component of confidence you're needing to grow in because we need to grow in all four components of confidence, clarity, connection, competency, and conviction. But there's usually one that's really getting in the way of us having this deep-seated identity in Christ, this deep-seated confidence. Um, and so I would say go take the quiz and identify which component of confidence you need. Uh, and then you can find my book um, at amandaypittman.com slash books, or you can go to Amazon, type in stand in confidence, and you'll be able to find it there. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at Amanda A. Pittman. You can also follow my ministry at Confident Woman Co. Um, I'm also on different platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. You can find me there. And my website is amandaapittman.com and confidentwomanco.com. And if you go to confidentwomanco.com, you can join our community where you can surround yourself with like-minded Christian women who are looking to find women like you. I'm going to take the quiz myself. I know you did it for women, but yeah. I'm going to work on myself with the quiz as well. <laughs> it's total. It's 100% applicable to men. So I'll, take I'll it. get my wife to do it too, and then we can work together. Yes. <laughs> yes, please do. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.